Good morning, everyone. Before we jump into our homily this morning, I want to encourage you, this, you know, this week is Holy Week, and the word holy, if you heard my sermon on that a couple weeks ago, holy means set apart. It means different. And this week should look different for every one of us. It's not like any other week. And there's a couple things you can do to make this week look different. And I just want to recommend two of them. The first thing is you should have a lot of silence in your life this week. And God speaks in silence. And uh, if you have your radio off, if you have the TV off, you're going to enter into Holy Week in a deeper way. And then secondly, I want to encourage every one of you, dust off your Bible. And you should read the story of the Passion from one of our four gospel writers multiple times this week. If you read the, the Passion narrative of one of the gospels, it only takes about 10 minutes. But it'll help you to, to pray and to enter into it. When, uh, when I entered seminary, I, I think I've told you all before, but people have all kinds of reactions. Some people are very excited, and that's great. Some people are really shocked, and they, they feel like you're throwing your life away. And I actually kind of like that reaction, too, because it takes the decision seriously. But then there's a reaction that, that appears to be in the middle, and I hate this reaction. And it's what most people give you. And it's, it's usually people who aren't very strong in their faith, if they have any. But they, I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, you're going to be a priest? Well, that's nice. No, it's not. <laughs> Being radical for God is anything but nice. It's either the most beautiful and important thing that any of us can do, or it is madness. It's one of the two. It's, it's not nice. But I remember during that time, uh, one of my best friends, his mother pulled me aside. And she said, Brian, why did God's son have to die? And she couldn't understand it. It was so hard. How, how could it be the case that God's son, for our redemption, should die on a cross? Couldn't there have been another way? Couldn't God have acted in a different fashion to unite us to him and to redeem us. You'd be happy to hear that I totally failed in my response. <laughs> Sometimes people think, like, oh, Father Brian, I bet you just, you can answer any question and people just become Catholic right then and there. No, they don't. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I failed in my answer and I don't think she wanted to hear the answer, honestly. I think she wanted to tell me something. But it doesn't matter. 
But it was a hard moment for me because I felt like I failed and I didn't know how to answer this woman. That's an important question, isn't it? If we look at the Gospels, it's so joyful, right? There's hard moments. Jesus challenges us. But it's so beautiful. The story of someone who was rich but became poor, who teaches peace and love and forgiveness, who heals the sick and the blind and the deaf. And couldn't it just kind of kept going that way? Why did it have to end like that? If you haven't wrestled with that question, brothers and sisters, you have to wrestle with that. Why does love in this world end on a cross? That's something that no sermon can answer in a short space. It only comes to those who have eyes to see. You'll only understand that if you enter into it. If you live a life of love, I promise you, you'll suffer. And that's a good thing. But you'll only understand it then. If you stand on the sidelines and judge the way God has acted in the world, you'll never understand the cross. There's a, there's a famous line from Origen in the second century, one of the greatest uh, scripture scholars in the history of Christianity. And Origen says that a mystery can only be seen by one who lives it. Hear that again. A mystery can only be seen by one who lives it. If you don't live the mystery of suffering love, you will never understand Jesus on the cross. But how do we today, you know I can't leave it that way, I'm way too nitpicky about homilies. How do we begin, how do you and I begin to enter into this most beautiful, most tragic most meaningful of all mysteries. How do we do it? Did God's son have to die on a cross? Some of you remember I brought this up last year. Was it necessary? St. Thomas Aquinas is probably the most brilliant Christian mind after Jesus Christ himself. And Thomas says, he asks that question, did God have to die? Did he have to to enter on a cross for us? And the answer that Aquinas gives is no. He didn't have to. Jesus could have redeemed us in other ways. But St. Thomas says it was fitting. It was proper It was appropriate. Why? He gives a number of reasons. One of them, he says, is as an example for us. 
But today, with the remainder of our time, what I want to dive into, brothers and sisters, is the whole movement of Holy Week reveals something about who Jesus is. And what it reveals about him, and the word we're going to use today is a word that we use all the time, but I think it's so misunderstood, and it's been on my heart a lot lately. I've been preaching about it at different events. I've been reading about it. I've been praying with it. And that word is faith. What does faith mean? What does it mean to be a person of faith? I can tell you faith does not mean it does not merely mean that I believe something happened. That's necessary. But that is only the, the beginning. And it is not Christian faith. How can just believing something happened save you? It can't. That's not what pistis, the Greek word for faith, that is not what pistis means. Pistis is much richer. What it means is this, and it's, it's hard, right? It's so rich, it's hard to put words around. But what it means is it means a life that is turned toward God. It means surrender. Jesus' whole life, his entire being, was turned away from sin and away from the world, and it lived for the Father. Jesus' life, his, his very breath he breathed, was the Father. Faith is a giving of yourself away. It's a surrendering, a trust, a loving obedience. There's a hint at it in our second reading today. St. Paul says, in Philippians 2, and he's talking to us. You've heard me say before many times, it's one of my favorite themes in the New Testament. St. Paul tells us that you and I are supposed to think like him. Right? We, don't, we don't think like other people. We think like Jesus. And St. Paul says in Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves, right? Think like this. Have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself. That's faith. Think about this. The natural default for every one of us in this church, every one of us, the natural default is to grasp Anything good in our lives. And I do it too. I do it every single day. The center of, of our lives is oftentimes the, that fatal word. Mine. I was trying to remember, what's that Pixar movie? I think it's Finding Nemo. Remember like there's the seagulls and they're all going, mine, 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 mine. What, what, what movie is that? Finding Nemo, thank you. I was just thinking about that this morning. I was like, that's us. <laughs> it's the natural thing, right? 
my life, my time, my future, my dreams, my hopes. Mine. Have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself. It was fitting for Jesus to die on a cross because, brothers and sisters, when you say yes to God and when I say yes to God, and you wouldn't be here if you don't do that and if you're not trying to do that, unless your mom made you come this morning. But I know you want to say yes to God. But our yeses are partial. Jesus, I'll give you some. I'll give you a piece. I will give you some time. But after Mass, my life is mine. My money is mine. My thoughts are mine. My concerns about politics belong to me. That is not how Jesus thought. Jesus didn't say, Father, I give you a piece. I give you a little bit. The word on Jesus' lips and in his heart is everything. In the Old Testament, there's, there's all these different sacrifices. There's cereal offerings and, and peace offerings, and there's wine and drink offerings. And there's one offering that's considered the highest. It's called a holocaust. And a holocaust is a burnt offering. And the reason it's the highest is because everything else that you offer in the Old Testament, everything else you offer to God, there's something left over. And you get to eat of the food of it or the drink. But a holocaust is everything. That's faith. That is the heart of Jesus Christ. Who didn't say, Lord, my, he didn't say, Father, my love goes so far. In the garden, we heard it today. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass. But not as I will, but let your will be done. Finally, this morning, there's so many more things we could say, aren't there? But our words fall short. Jesus' fidelity creates ours. I could never be faithful to God. And I never will in a complete way in this life. But St. Paul tells us in the New Testament that the faithfulness of Jesus and him being faithful when we're not, isn't that good news? All of my failures, all of my sins... The Lord still loved me. And he was still faithful to the end. But because of that, because of his total gift of self, because he was faithful, that also enables me to become faithful.
because he went first and because he gave everything. This morning, I was in such a good mood. I always feel like on Palm Sunday, it, shouldn't, it should be like rainy and cloudy and thunderstorms. Don't you feel that way? If it's like sunny on Good Friday, I'm going to be so ticked. Um, but I rejoiced this morning at this holy hour. I was looking outside, and I was just so grateful. Because there is a heart that exists that is totally faithful, that gives completely. And I took a shower after my prayer time, and just my heart, my prayer the whole way this morning was, Lord, I want to be like that. Right, this Holy Week, this Palm Sunday, this Passion Sunday, Jesus, I want to be not partially faithful. I want to be fully faithful. I want my offering not just to be some, but I want it to be a holocaust. My thoughts, my dreams, my hopes, my time, my fears, Jesus, may you take them all. The Christian life is about faith, hope, and love. And that's where we find them. On the cross, in their perfection and their fullness, is faith, hope, and love. This week, brothers and sisters, come to Mass, come to the liturgies, and we're going to talk about all three of those the riches of faith, hope, and love in Christ. And Jesus, as we begin Holy Week today, Lord, through your faithfulness, by your yes that went all the way, Lord, may we truly become faithful.